Hello, listeners, and welcome to another bonus episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I recently had a chance to sit down with my very good friend, Terry Breer, who's an attorney and mediator in California, and she is organizing the annual Southern California Mediation Association's Family Mediation Institute coming up in May. I'll be there speaking, and um, I'm gonna—I've been helping Terry to put the conference together. And this year, our honoree for the conference is Dr. Constance Ahrens, a pioneer in the field of family law, and um, brought a social construct to this with her two seminal books, *The Good Divorce* and *We're Still Family*. Unfortunately, Dr. Ahrens passed away last year, so this. Uh, award is being given posthumously, but I wanted to chat with Terry, who will be putting on a presentation about the work of Dr. Ahrens with our friend, Dr. Deborah Dupree, um, about really the groundbreaking work that Connie did and how everything that we've done in the field since then has been built on her shoulders. So I implore you, read the books, The Good Divorce, and We're Still Family, and listen to this episode to get some great tips from truly one of the greats in our field. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today I am joined by one of my friends out in California. In fact, I've known Terry for quite some time. She was my first a colleague friend, I would say, when I moved to California so many years ago. And really, one of the reasons why I was able to establish a practice and uh, find my way in a new world was Terry's uh, very kind hand that she held out to me. So I'm very happy to have Terry Breer joining me today. Um, from she's actually, are you in Palm Desert today or are you in Irvine today? No, I'm actually here in my Irvine office. And thank you um, very much. Um, for having me today on your yeah, podcast. Yeah, well, I've, I've, it's been a long time coming. I, as I said, I think I've known you the longest of all of my colleagues in California. Um, and just so my listeners know, you and I have known each other for a number of years, and we still, besides being friends, have stayed in contact because you, uh, we are both uh, involved in the Southern California Mediation Association. In fact, you got me involved there. It's been a wonderful, yeah, it is. And uh, yeah. you got me involved and it's been a wonderful experience, but something that has really been one of the most wonderful aspects of being a member there is you were the creator and mastermind, I'll call it, behind creating what I think of as truly one of the premier family mediation events in the country, maybe the world. I don't, because there aren't that many, but this one, yeah. well, okay. but it's a wonderful event. It's called the Southern California Mediation Association. Family Mediation Institute. We're going into our fifth year. You are still the chair of the project. You have been pulling together. I mean, each year it just gets better, which I always wonder how you're going to do that, but you do. And we have a great program this year. And so excitingly, it's in Palm Desert where you have your new offices, but we're doing it in person for the first time in forever. And we're all going to be gathering together in the desert. So I wanted to talk to you about some of the um, exciting things that are happening at that event. 
And then we're really going to hone right. in on, um, there's a special award that goes out every year. And the, uh, the person who's receiving that award this year is Dr. Constance Ahrens. And we'll talk about um, Dr. Ahrens and, and really the deep impact she's had on family mediation. Uh, but so again, Terry, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Me too. So let me just first, um, well, first, I want to tell people a little bit about you and your practice, because you have been, you're in, a, you are a family law attorney in California, but you've been doing family mediation for how many years is it now? Since 93. I mean, 93. So you've been oh. at it for a while. Yeah. And you right now, are you doing any in-court representation? No, I haven't done any litigation for probably over 10 years. Uh, the closest I come to that would be I do sometimes what's called limited scope representation. But where I focus is on mediation, collaborative, and any individual uh, that's interested in settling their divorce matter out of court. So as long as they want to negotiate with their spouse, then I will get involved in that limit, limited capacity of helping them um, settle the case, but I, I will not appear or file any adversarial pleadings. Well, a lot of our colleagues out there are very jealous that you've managed to make well, that shift. It takes a yeah. while. It takes a it long sure time. It sure does for a lot of us. Uh, but, but I happen to know you help a lot of people. And one of the things that came about through COVID, through the pandemic, is you, I will say, probably weren't the biggest fan of technology prior to COVID, I would you say? Yeah, I um, definitely, that was something that I got real kickstarted into the Zoom platform when COVID came along. I don't know how long it would have taken me to embrace online mediation if, if COVID hadn't come along. And I think a lot of people have probably shared that with you, Susan, that take your trainings. Um, but uh, I now do, I would say, I still, the majority of my mediation practice is in person. Yeah, but you do work with- But I, I definitely Yeah, do so you work with people pretty much throughout the entire state of California. Yes, so I, if, I, if somebody's outside of the Orange County, San Bernardino, Riverside, the, the Southern counties of California, those I would only meet with them doing a Zoom mediation. But most of the Southern California um, cases that I have, they will from time to time come in in person, even if they don't come to all the meetings. In yeah, person. So that's almost hybrid in and of itself, right? You have some coming, sometimes they come in person, yes. sometimes they come remote. So, but if you are in California and you are looking for a mediator, someone to help you stay out of court, I highly recommend Terry. And for my colleagues out there, I want you to know, especially if you are a non-attorney mediator, Terry does just a wonderful training that, and you do this probably what, four times a year, three or four times a year, Terry? I'm not quite doing that particular training four times a year. I think it, it, I've done it two or three is the most that I would do that one particular training on the five-step process for, I, I like to focus it for non-attorney mediators. Yeah, you have a few trainings that are really helpful for California mediators, and I highly recommend them. And you do those in person, I think, as well. All of those are in person. So I occasionally we did um, when when we had the, the new yes. variant, we decided the second day, you know what, we're going to do that on Zoom. But other than because of COVID impact, 
I would do the meetings. Wonderful. Well, they're, they're fantastic trainings and I highly recommend them. You can get more information at breerlaw.com. Yeah. So yeah. go there. I'll put that okay. in the show notes, but I do want to dive in a little bit to the Family Mediation Institute. One of the things I talk Ooh. about all the time is how important it is for our professionals, not only to learn how to do something, but to be constantly curious and learning more and more. And that I know is something you take really seriously, that we are always advancing our knowledge as professionals. And I, I suspect that's behind your creation of the Family Mediation Institute. Well, actually, the, the term I use is I say it's our standard of care. I want to raise the standard of care. And the standard of care um, requires uh, a legal knowledge. It requires conflict resolution skills. Um, there's just a, a lot to your overall standard of care in a lot of different categories. And so that's really what I was focusing on with the Family um, Mediation Institute when it was first um, conceived. And uh, also, I just feel that in our field of mediation, conflict resolution, collaborative law, the need of, um, you, you just have to mix with colleagues. You, you have to network, um, not just from a business standpoint, but that you're going to learn so much more talking with other mediators, comparing war stories. What might I have done differently? Do you think I made the right decision here when I decided to you know, go into that direction? And getting feedback from your peers, I think is even more important in our field than in a lot of other disciplines. And so I wanted to create an event where you could have that interchange, connect with professionals. Um, and also it's, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun to meet with others that share your passion in your career. And just in general, just are, you know, great people to know and, and uh, um, socialize. I, with. I always say mediators are the best people. And you do, this is that event that you go to every year that you leave feeling just energized and excited about being a peacemaker, about being a mediator, about helping families restructure. And we, we've tried to design this year, like every year, we want those speakers that are also gonna inspire. So we have speakers who are gonna be instructional, that are really focused on skill building or maybe on a, on a particular niche of the law that we feel that people are interested in. Um, but there is also just the, um, the overall um, chance to hear speakers who love this work. And, you know, this year we have uh, a, a lady from um, Los Angeles who's been practicing mediation for longer than just about anybody I know, Fern Salka. And she's going to be our closing uh, keynote because she's so inspirational. And I, I always, every time I see her, I'm just like, I've never forgotten the first day I heard you speak. And so um, I'm not going to give anything away about her, but, and I always say, when you did that, you know, presentation and she knows exactly what I'm talking about, but we have people like that, that are just, they've been pioneers in the field, our opening keynote, Chip Rose, um, he's also well known for being an inspiring mediator. And again, pioneer in our field. Um, so uh, we really do try to showcase some of the leading professionals in this area, as well as 
provide you with just your peers and colleagues to mingle with and and um, be able to dialogue and share um, share your you know your your goals and yeah. your interests and share ideas and share what works. And this year we get to do it on the sand under the palm trees in the desert. So I am so excited yeah. about it. And, you know, you mentioned the pioneers and that's sort of the direction I wanted to dive into some of your, your knowledge on. So every year or starting, I think now three years ago, you, in, in addition to the wonderful idea of having FMI, the Family Mediation Institute, you also wanted to honor each year an innovator, a pioneer in our field. Um, and in fact, the award is named after the first recipient. Do you want to tell that story? Yes. So um, when we first conceived of the Family Mediation Institute, the first year we did not have an award. And I, I don't know, I think it was the second year, might have been the third year, but I think it was the second year that we thought, you know, we'd really like to honor somebody um, in the mediation field, family mediation, as part of this, at, make it an annual event. We named the award after um, Woody Mostyn, who was the first recipient of the award. So it's got a long name. It's called the, uh, let's see, Forrest Woody Mostyn SCMA Star Award for Excellence and Innovation in Family Mediation. And that's what we try to do is excellence and innovation. Usually when we're thinking of who might be a good recipient, they usually are an innovator. And in fact, mediation is still so relatively new. If you're in this field, you kind of are an innovator, but um, there are definitely those that are more of the pioneers, like you were saying, who started the early, early on being very innovative and um, coming up with new ways for handling family law and creating ways of doing mediation and keeping families out of court. And that's really what we want to do is we want to honor people who are doing the most good for the most families in, um, you know, this yeah, well, work. And what a great way to say it. And certainly Woody, I may be a little biased since he's my, my business partner, but yes, I, I was, I know how thrilled and excited he was. We did not tell him three years ago that uh, I think we told him when he was getting the award, we didn't tell him we were naming it after him. And then last year, Oh, yeah, right. no, it was I a big surprise for him when we, we named it. Yeah. And then last year, uh, the recipient was Bill Eddy. Of course, anybody who's listening to this pod, he's been on my podcast, I think, four or five yeah, times. Right. And, uh, and he's Bill Eddy. Well deserved. Yeah, well deserved. yeah. talk about Bill innovation. Eddie. And then this year, and this is who I'd like to talk about today, because she's had an incredible impact and started the you know, the, I'll call it a battle to change the perceptions of divorce, the negative perceptions of divorce years ago before all, all of us got into this. She really laid the framework. Um, and so this year you selected for the award, Dr. Constance Ahrens. So can you tell us a little bit about Dr. Ahrens and why she, you selected her? Okay. So first of all, this is a posthumous yeah. award. And she passed away now about six months ago. And I just was really impacted by that news. I didn't know she had been ill. And I was very shocked that she was no longer with us. She was 84. And she had come to, um, well, she, she really made a name for herself from the background of being a sociologist, okay? So she, um, 
she basically is famous for a 20 year longitudinal study of a group of families in um, Wisconsin that they studied during and after a divorce. And she looked at them over one year, three years and five years. And she put together the results of her study in her first book called The Good Divorce. And what she did is she, as you said, she just changed what we used to refer to the stigma of divorce. And when she came along um, and she coined her book, The Good Divorce, you know, the big joke was, no, you know, it's not an oxymoron. You can have a good divorce. And in fact, I found that most of the couples did achieve that and that we are living under a lot of myths and misunderstandings about what truly happens with divorce and the potential of having an, a good life and thriving after divorce. And that it was time that we change the way that our society and our culture was talking about divorce, thinking about divorce. And in fact, um, that's really a big part of it is how are we talking about it and framing divorce and how that the way we've been doing that really isn't consistent with what's really happening. And so that's what she wanted to disclose. And she wanted to start having people not be so um, glum about the fact that I came from a divorce family or I'm divorcing or I'm a divorcee. And not that she was saying, oh, this is a great thing. Divorce is good. And in fact, she early on had some criticism where people were like, you shouldn't be doing that. You're encouraging divorce and you're promoting divorce. And she was more, no, this isn't promoting it. I'm acknowledging reality. That in reality, this is wrong to talk about something as common as divorce. And when 50% of us are involved in it in some way or, or more than 50% and to act like somehow this is not the norm. Yeah. And so yeah. they often talk about Connie as having normalized divorce, finally, instead of stigmatizing people who are involved in divorce. Yeah, well, and she, she started, I mean, there are so many of us, I spend a huge amount of my time, this podcast is devoted to changing the narrative around divorce and letting people know that it can be, um, it can be an opportunity, it can be a positive change in life. Um, but Connie started this conversation. How long ago was the book written? Well, she started her study in 1979. The Good Divorce was published in 1994. Right. Um, she followed it up 10 years later with a book called We're Still Family. And one of the things I, I wanted to comment on about her that I, I in get, I'm going to be talking briefly. I'm doing a workshop prior to the award ceremony. And in preparing for the workshop, something I came across was one criticism. And the criticism was, she seems to think that if we just redefine divorce, and if we just give it a different connotation, that somehow we can fix it that way. And really what she talks about is, we need to develop healthy language around divorce. And somebody was criticizing that. like. You know, and and another thing that got her spurred um, after writing The Good Divorce, she revisited these families 20 years later 
and that's what then led to her her other book that she followed up or excuse me it was 10 years after she'd finished the study but 20 years total in the longitudinal study and it was funny because there was another um thinker that had come out in 2000 with the book and her name is judith wallerstein and judith wallerstein was the absolute di diametric opposite who said there is never a good divorce. All children, she even had said something to the effect that a child is better off in a bad marriage with an intact family than any divorce, whether we think it's a good divorce or otherwise, that, that it's always damaging. It was this glum report. And um, she's often quoted as saying, well, I will tell you the reason I had to come out with that second book is I was so upset when I read Judith Wallerstein, who, um, and there were four, like four different people that, that collaborated on this book. And it was called, it's called The Unexpected Legacy of Divorce. And so that's kind of the counterpoint. So what's been interesting is that you can be, you're either in the Wallerstein right. camp or you're going to be in the Aaron's camp because really they're totally different viewpoints, but that that largely the Wallerstein view has been discredited. In other words, we know we are discovering that Dr. Aaron's got it right, that children can thrive after divorce. There are definitely though ways to make sure that you have a better chance of thriving. It's not that she didn't say, yes, there are repercussions that children that are in a high conflict divorce, they are always going to suffer. But she also, the other thing that she did in her early book and, and then revisited in her later book is she defined um, parenting, what we call typologies. And she talked about the way that one of the main focuses that she's always talked about and is well known for is that your style of relating to that ex-spouse and she coined the term you know you are are you perfect pals are you cooperative colleagues are you fiery foes you know and she had this whole where she would describe a particular typology of a co-parenting dynamic mm -hmm. or it could even be if they didn't have children a post-divorce dynamic of how couples react and basically said that this is what you want to strive for. Which one was the, you know, was it friendly, the, the cooperative? Cooperative policy, yeah. because the perfect pairs, you know, perfect pals, that's almost weird. <laughs> you know, it's almost like they're too No close. boundaries. But on the right? other hand, oh, that's right. so a fabulous way to be if you can. But that was a very small percentage of um, the, the, um, the typologies. So anyway, those are just some of the things um, that she shared, but um, it's just very impactful. If anyone is in this field at all, even tangentially, you have to really make The Good Divorce and We're Still Family two books that you just, um, you know, make the time to read them because they really, really shape the way that you are going to, even as a professional who may share the way she feels, the way she frames it and the way she describes it, it just really, really helps you talk about it with your clients. In fact, one of the things I want to do in the workshop is I'm saying, how can you use what's in her book to help your client as a yeah. mediator? And yeah. what I, I say is it becomes part of your vernacular. 
and the way you talk to your clients. And I found that while I was preparing for this workshop, oh, that's where I got that. Like, I'll find this thing that I say to my clients and I'm like, oh, I took that from Dr. Aaron's, you know, um, I thought that was mine. And so it's it's been really great reacquainting myself um, with her books since I had read them so many years yeah, ago. Well, I just put them, they're on my Kindle waiting for me to re-review again before the conference. And one of the things I want to point out to people who are listening, because some people may be the people facing divorce, these books were written for people who are going through divorce to give you insights into it. And you were talking about changing the vernacular. I think it is just as important to change the vernacular if you're a professional, the word, the language, the words, the language we use in talking to our clients and the words you use if you're facing divorce to talk about it to yourself. If you go into divorce thinking like Wallerstein thinks, or was it Wallerstein or Wallerstein? Wallerstein, Stein, if you go into it thinking that this is the worst thing that has ever happened, it's going to be the worst thing that ever happened. And exactly. if you can yeah. go into it with some of Dr. Aaron's um, factual information, I mean, she is a social, was a social scientist. This is all about, based in her longitudinal studies. Um, it's, it's really eye-opening to see and to think and to get that information. And I have to say, Terry, it reminds me of, and this will tie back into the, the Institute, um, Ellen Bruno, who has been a guest on the podcast before, is the yes. film uh, director of the documentary Split. And as many of my listeners, we have a whole episode about Split. Many of my listeners know because I've been talking about it. Ellen has created um, much as, as Dr. Aaron's went back and talked to the children about the, how they experienced the divorce. And then 10 years later, Ellen's done the same thing. The kids that were in Split, she's revisited them six and seven years later. And now there's a film coming out with their experience six, seven years down the road. Right. Which we're Yay. showing at the Family Mediation Institute. So I'm excited oh, about that. That is, I, I, that I've seen um, a 20 minute excerpt from the film. And I have to tell you, I think the, the sequel is even more impactful and more meaningful in so many ways, because it's one thing to see the impact in the moment. It is another thing to realize that impact is going to carry forward for years and years. And that's what Dr. Aaron's well, and did. And what, what you reminded me of is one of the differences though. So Ellen Bruno just is looking yes. at the children. The other unique thing about Dr. Aaron's is that her study was the children, the, the ex-husband, the ex-wife, the siblings, the step-parents, the stepchildren, and it was much broader in that she talked to all of those different different relationships within the, the main umbrella relationship or expanding from that, and nobody had done that before. There had been lots of studies just focused on the children, but what was what came out of Dr. Aaron's study was it was the dynamic between the spouses and how they behaved one year, five years after the divorce that most shaped what a child would experience. Whereas most of the time we, they were just sort of 
the studies were looking at children, talking to children, what was going on with them. But she turned around and said, well, wait a minute. What really is the key here is the relationship that these ex-spouses develop. That's the key. And everything flows from that behavior. That's, that, I, yeah, so, that's actually the, the biggest impact. And it sort of then takes you to that binuclear family that she she talks about in the book as well, right? It's not just their relationship with each other, but then as they establish new families. Well, well, that's part of it. But actually what's interesting is she uses, she said that she chose this word, she coined this term, the binuclear family, because she wanted to normalize families of divorce. And if you're not divorced, you're a nuclear family. So my families <laughs> that I'm studying, I want them to sound the same. They're gonna be binuclear. And she also said she felt that it made, um, she wanted to parallel the nuclear family. So that that was really what she, why she was using that term is she felt that that was less of a differentiating factor if we're, we're it's a, a binuclear family and that comes back to also she talks about the kinship theory of divorce or of families there that you may be binuclear or you may be nuclear whether you're in one or the other you're kin you're kin you're still family and so that was why she liked a binuclear family and a nuclear family they're still kin they're family well and right and I, yeah, I like think that. about it. Think of the power of the languaging around all of that. What that, that's what she did, right? She she really changed because what's the term we always hear? Broken family, divorced family. Exactly. And that's what she says in her book. I didn't want it. We're not broken families. We're binuclear. I like it, right? <laughs> so hey, colleagues out there, or those of you going through divorce, there's one quick change you can start making um, as you talk about this in, with your family, with your friends, and, and it, to yourself. I always think there's such power in how we are talking to ourselves about the experience that we're going through and about what our children are going through. Well, and again, we're coming back to how we're talking about it. And that's why I thought it was so funny as I read this long article about, oh, I read Dr. Aaron's book. She just thinks we change the way we talk about something and we're going to change it. You know what? Yeah, <laughs> we, we it does have that impact. It was sort of frustrating. And I can see why there were certain pundits, I'm sure, that really fueled Dr. Aaron's continued writing and speaking and teaching was saying, no, you know, I am talking about something that's viable and real and has an impact. I'm not just talking about talking. Yeah, I, but it, but it, 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 that I, we've all seen the power, I think certainly as mediators, one of the things that we know very much and one of the skills and the tools we use in the mediation room is reframing what we hear our participants saying, you know, somebody may say, I've got to have all of this. And we might reframe it into what I hear you saying, Bob, is I would like the, you know, to have the car or whatever that is, you know, and we will help them just change their languaging around what they're saying to each other in that moment. And we've seen the power of that. Well, and also Susan, I think you are showcasing that all the time in your podcast. I mean, you are constantly, you're beyond divorce. I think, you know, you're, you're saying, hey, there is life after this. It's not all gloomy. I've got great people that are going to tell you how you can make that happen. And 
this is, I mean, that's what Connie Aarons wanted to see happen and it's happening. And I mean, it should be happening quicker and I wish it was happening. You know, thank God people like you have a huge following. I don't know that, you know, talking about, thinking about and uh, having podcasts about divorce is generally mainstream, no, no. <laughs> but it should be, it's more helpful. And so the broader that reach, the broader we're carrying out what, you know, Constance Aaron set out to do. And so it's a very exciting time. And at least I know she lived long enough to see lots of change since she started her study in 1979. And actually she divorced in 1965 oh when you oh had gosh. to actually have fault. And her daughter is going to be at the, um, the Family Mediation Institute to accept the award posthumously for her mom. And I was so thrilled because we've been emailing and she said in her email, would you like me to say a few things about my mom's divorce and the impact it had on our family and on her thinking? And, and I was like, uh, yes. So the daughter is also Jerry Colser is his na her name. And she is going to speak after uh, um, Woody Mostyn gives his eulogy of sorts before awarding the award, um, then we're, I'm going to invite um, her daughter to come up and share a little bit too about what it was like when her mom was in doing this work and why she thinks her mom got into the, the field that she did. So it's going to be, we're going to learn a yeah. lot about Dr. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, that's the very first night of the conference. I do want to mention the conference is May 20th through the 22nd. So the night of May 20th, we're having the award ceremony. As you mentioned, Woody is coming up to give the award. Woody was close friends with Dr. Aaron's. So I happened to, you, you, we both know how absolutely thrilled he is that she is the recipient this year, even posthumously. He's thrilled that, you know, Jerry will be there, Connie's daughter to receive this. So I know this is a big night for him as well. And to hear that Jerry's going to speak, especially about probably what was the genesis of this entire journey for Dr. Aaron's is really uh, what a, what an opening, what a, a way to start this and continue more work. Well, and yeah, and what was interesting, when I've been reviewing The Good Divorce, um, there is a whole letter from her daughter that she published in the book. And it's Jerry's letter that she put in the book to really show a child's perspective. It was her own child's perspective. One thing I just wanted to come back again when you were saying that her books are not only good for um, professionals, but for the family and I mean, for individuals and actually the subtitle of the good divorce is keeping your family together when your marriage comes apart. And so who is that? The, the target audience of that is the divorcing right. couple. And so don't think just it, because it, it was know, written decades ago, it's not relevant. I think what you're hearing from us is we as professionals um, honor it as the start of something, but also it is relevant to what we do as professionals today. It is relevant to your divorce today or your beyond as well. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So for people who would like to join us, for the professionals out there who would like to join us in Palm Desert, Terry, how can they, I said at the top of the show, but how can people find out more information? What else would you want them to know about it? 
Well, I'd like them to go to fmi.scmediation.org or slash fmi. No, no, it's, no, it's fmi. Yeah, dot sc. FMI.scmediation.org, and you'll find out all about the beautiful Hyatt Regency Resort and Spa um, in Indian Wells, where we're holding the event. Um, all the workshops are listed there, all the backgrounds on all our presenters, um, the um, information about the award that we're giving Connie, and then our last day of plenary speakers and the film. Um, the, the costs of it and um, how to register if you want to be a sponsor. We do have still some exhibitor table opportunities left, and you can certainly always promote um, your business or services um, in doing something as simple as putting a flyer in our conference bags. Um, and we have a, a conference program where you could put ads there. So, you know, but mainly what I want to say is please come, just join us show up, have a great time, meet us. I'd love to meet you. Um, and um, I, I, I know that um, if you do any kind of work at all related to working with divorcing couples, if you're a mediator, if you're a therapist, if you're a um, coach, this is for if you. you're a coach. We love our yeah. coaches. Divorce coaches. Um, well, therapists are a lot of our divorce coaches are coming from that, but then we also have quite a number of divorce coaches that are coming from all types of, of life coaching programs. Um, and um, we'd love to have you join us as well. So um, please, uh, you know, May, May 20th, it starts on a Friday, it goes until Sunday. And um, we really are excited to um, meet everyone out there in uh, the beautiful- It's gonna Desert. be, it really is gonna yeah. be amazing. If I can throw in a few more thoughts, both Woody and I are doing a program um, for my listeners. We all love our Christina McGee, our parenting expert, Christina and Kelly Myers. Um, one of my favorite divorce coaches are doing a fantastic program. Um, we have, oh gosh, there are so many, Dr. Deborah Dupree, our friend and colleague is doing the program with you um, on Dr. Aaron's and more about the books. Um, Laura McGee is doing, what's Laura's program? She's with Laura and I are going to be presenting on the emerging asset classes that we're seeing in divorce. And we're going to talk about dividing <laughs> cryptocurrencies, other digital types of assets. And we're also going to be talking about something that's emerging. It's more of an East Coast issue. And that would be the um, social media influence because the East Coast rep recognizes celebrity goodwill. And so that's now becoming a very hot, hotter field than it was before. We're not as much of recognizing that in California, but it's a very interesting kind of funny is what is the value of these new unique types of assets, as well as um, the power of being a social media influence and influencer and the value in that. So that's kind of a cutting edge family law topic that we'll be presenting. So we really do have quite a variety of different workshops and, and learning opportunities. And then one last one that we didn't mention is for the first time this year, we're doing what we call our skill building workshops. And skill building is more of, we, we are bringing in three programs that are going to be more of hands-on role play, um, actual, tr more like a training than like a workshop presentation. And so we're excited to do that. A lot of our younger 
SCMA members were very much interested in having workshops that also were really focused on skill building. So we're offering that this year as well, if that interests yeah, you. I mean, and I just want to emphasize, this is not an event for just California practitioners. This is, as Terry was just talking about on, um, you know, cryptocurrency and social media influence value, that's actually much more prevalent on the East Coast than it, surprisingly, than on the, the West Coast where it should be more, more yeah. to the front. So it's really, I walk away from this, I practice all across the US on both sides of it. And there's always information, but the very best part is being part of the community that gathers there. And it's gonna be even better this year. So come join us. Everything's gonna be in the show notes, a link to register and get more information, links to Dr. Aaron's books, um, links to Terry's uh, website and her background information, her bio will all be there. Um, if you have any questions, you can also always guys, let's reach out to me at divorcingbeyondpod at gmail.com. And we hope to see you out in the desert. Thank you, Terry, for joining me. Oh, thank you, Susan, so much for having me here and for helping. Uh, you know, I love being able to talk about the Family Mediation Institute. Thank, so you. thank you. Thanks for joining us for this special bonus episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. If you'd like to get information on joining us at the Southern California Mediation Association's Family Mediation Institute in May in Palm Desert, just go to the show notes or go to fmi.scmediation.org. Hope to see you there.